Good morning, church. How are you? You're all looking great. Turn to the person next to you and say, I'm glad you're here this morning. And also say to them, strap yourself in and hang on for the ride. Because this morning, we're going to talk about conflict. Not a serious conflict, because these are just my training gloves. They're not the real deal. So now this is just a, a training time this morning. When we, as part of this simple series, and I, I really um, thank uh, Pastor Jason Ellsmore for the opportunity and the invitation to come and talk this morning about something simple like conflict. It's simple. I don't know anyone who enjoys conflict, to be honest. I mean, there's, uh, perhaps I have met some people who do, but they're, they're hurting inside, and because they're hurting, they want other people to hurt. But the, normally, we, we don't like conflict. Most of us try to avoid it. But there's something in us which is uh, drawn to conflict as well. We find it all a little bit intriguing at the same time. And going to high school, and I, I grew up in a state school, and this certainly wouldn't happen at a, at, a, at a Christian school. Some of you might have went to Christian school, but at state school, if you wanted to draw a crowd, uh, and this happened a few times, a few guys would get in a circle and you'd start chanting, fight, 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 fight. And everyone would come running from everywhere. It was viral. Everyone just come and see who was fighting who and what was going on. They didn't want to be in the fight. They just wanted to see the fight. As a, I've been a Baptist pastor for about 16 years now, and I can tell you that some of the biggest church meetings that we've had, members' meetings, are ones that involve conflict. If you want to get people out to a members' meeting, I've found you've got to create a bit of conflict. Or maybe not. You don't have to try that hard, you know. And that's the reality. Conflict is a reality. Where you get people together, you get people uh, with our different backgrounds, with our different personality types, with our different way of doing life, inevitably we're going to have conflict the the issue isn't that we have conflict that's not the significant thing the significant thing is how we deal with it because conflict's inevitable i grew up in a church a small country church that, um, you know, had about 100 150 people and they all knew each other and they had this unofficial rule we don't deal with conflict because conflict's not christian that that was never no one ever spoke that but that was the culture and so what happened? People would just push things down. They just, they wouldn't deal with stuff. They'd push it down and push it down. And until the right circumstances came along and boom, the gloves were off and they were on. And there was a big church split. So, you know, conflict's something that's a reality. Jesus understands that we live with, with each other in difficulties. We live in a broken world. We're often quite selfish and we want our own way. And so there's going to be conflict. But, you know, conflict can also be constructive. In fact, some would suggest conflict's necessary for growth. If you look in the book of Acts and, and also the Gospels, you see Jesus in conflict regularly. You look in the book of Acts, the church, when it's, when, in its early days, was in conflict as they dealt with serious theological issues and the ramifications of the Gospel of grace and what that meant for those particularly who, who weren't Jewish. Conflict conflict's inevitable but we ha it's all about how we do it now when it comes to us as people there's a number of different tendencies that we might have when it comes to conflict and so when you think about your body when if you hit your thumb with a hammer the blood pools under it under the nail yeah hands up if that's happened for you yeah like you all know what i'm talking about you pinch it and the pressure builds and it just wants to be released 
You know, you just, you just want to, you want, you, you, it's the pain of release is uh, less than the pain of staying the same. The same happens for us when we, when we, uh, someone offends us or we're hurt. We have this emotional pooling and, and, and the pressure builds on us, you know, and we're like, a bit like this balloon. The pressure builds and builds and we've got to do something with it. So this one's looking a bit flat. So this one, listen to the first sermon. So the pressure builds and some people have this tendency when they're under pressure and, and in conflict, they just do this. They let it go everywhere. It's unfocused, it's uncontrolled, they just blurt and carry on. Other people, when they're under pressure and in a conflict situation, their balloon's filling up. Pardon me if I pass out. Am I turning blue yet? They do this. They don't blurt it out, but they start... embarrassing they're trying to find relief for for the pressure and and they just they go around from people to people and they're not they're not sort of coming out and saying they've got a problem but they're sort of suggesting that you know maybe there's a bit of an issue with so and so and perhaps if you could pray for me they're called prayer points and it could be just a leakage and 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 this pressure that's building other people just sort of hold on to it they hold on to it and Actually, some people like to nurture it. They don't want to hold on to the problem. But it's uncomfortable and it sort of gets in the road of life. And then there are others, when it comes to conflict, they push it down and push it down until it just explode one day. And you think, where did that come from? Well, when it comes to conflict, it's a reality. When we're emotionally stretched, we need to do something constructive, not destructive. You see, the issue is not that we have conflict. The issue is how it's dealt with. That's the big thing. This is what uh, the, the psalmist, Psalm, uh, King David said in Psalm 39, verses 1 to 3. Now listen to the words and what he's saying here. He says this, I said, I will watch my ways and keep my tongue from sin. I'll put a muzzle on my mouth as long as the wicked are in my presence. But when I'm silent and still, not even saying anything good, my anguish is increased. My heart grew hot within me as I meditated, the fire burned, and then I spoke with my tongue. There's a guy here to picture the guy's like a balloon. He's going to burst if he doesn't do something about this problem that he's facing and these interpersonal relationships that he has. Well, the Bible, the good news is the Bible teaches us that conflict can be dealt with simply. We've just got to simply deal with conflict because it's a reality. The first thing I want to suggest this morning is to deal with it quickly. How do we do that? How do we deal with it quickly? Well, we can overlook the offence. The Bible tells us in, in 1 Peter that love covers a multitude of sins. We have this, the possibility of just letting it go. Like if someone slights us or we feel offended, we can just let it go. Don't, don't, don't let it be a problem. We can forgive others. But that's only possible if we know the forgiveness of God ourselves. Really hard to forgive others if you don't know that you're in a right relationship with God. Or if the problem uh, can't be resolved in that way, you talk to God about it. It's always a good, good place to start is to pray. 
We pray to God about it. This is what King David did a lot in the Psalms. He's processing his problems and his conflicts with God. We prayed about it. Jesus did this on the cross. How about that for a conflict situation? Jesus is being nailed to the cross. The innocent. Instead of starting a fight, what's he do? He says, Father, please forgive them. He prayed for them. But there are times when we might try and overlook things. There are times when we will pray about things and there will still be a problem. We need to deal with it quickly. We need to deal with a problem quickly when we're sure the matter is significant enough. When it won't go away in our own mind. And when we have this repeated urge to tell someone else about it. When that balloon starts leaking, that's a surefire sign that you've got to deal with something and deal with it quickly. Because you know what? Things don't tend to get better by themselves. So I found in life the principle. Things don't get better by themselves. It actually says this in Ephesians 4, 25 to 27. Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to his neighbour. For we are all members of one body. That's a significant part there. We're in this together. That we're united as a body. Imagine a body that hurt itself all the time. A body that was in disagreement with itself. it, It doesn't function properly. And it hurts itself. Friends, that's a picture of what happens when we as the body of Christ, as brothers and sisters in Christ, are in conflict with each other. We're only hurting ourselves. Deal with it quickly. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry and do not give a foothold, the devil a foothold. It says there that it's okay to be angry sometimes. There's going to be times when you think, that's not fair. What they did, what they said, made me angry and it hurt me. Be honest about that. That's okay. The Apostle Paul's saying, be angry, but don't sin. There's a difference. And to, to be careful that we don't sin and give the devil a foothold, we need to deal with things quickly. When it comes to conflict, and it's that serious enough that you can't overlook it, and you've prayed about it, and, and you can't seem to get over the thought of it, you need to deal with it quickly. Because these things don't get better by themselves. It's a bit like uh, my wife's car. It developed a knock. Uh, about 18 months ago, it developed a knock in the motor. And uh, being the great mechanic I am, I ignored it. I'm actually not a mechanic, I'm a boilermaker. So if you can't fix it with a hammer, then you can't fix it. It's a simple boilermaker way. And if you haven't fixed it with a small hammer, you get a bigger one. Hit it harder. It, it had this knock. And so I, I thought, oh, it'll be okay. It'll, I'm sure it'll resolve itself. Nah, it didn't. I thought, I'll just change the oil. I'll just do something superficial. I don't want to go to a mechanic. You know, it'll be okay. In the end, it didn't, wasn't okay, and I thought, this is getting ridiculous. I took it to the mechanic, and he had those famous words, mate, if only you'd come sooner. We needed a new motor. Ah, the hard facing's gone off your camshaft and your lifters. Mate, she's got metal through her. She's done, eh? If only I'd acted sooner. It's like that with conflict. It doesn't get better by itself. And so if we want to deal with it simply, we've got to deal with it 
quickly. You've got to deal with it quickly. Paul says there, before the sun goes down. Before the sun goes down. Now that can be metaphorical, but basically he's saying, don't, don't let things drag out. Deal with them quickly. Conflict can be dealt with simply by dealing with it quickly and by dealing with it face to face. It says this in Matthew 5, 23 and 24. Therefore, if you, are, if you are offering your gift at the altar and there remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there in front of the altar. First go and be reconciled to them, then come and offer your gift. This is very significant, the words of Jesus here. It's actually putting personal relationships and reconciliation a, a, a priority above our worship. And quite often in our individualistic society, we, we just concentrate on our relationship with God, just God and me, the vertical relationship. And through Jesus, that's awesome. We can come to, come to a relationship with God and we can commune with him. But the Bible's very big on this whole body life thing, that we have horizontal relationships that are just as important. When our relationship with, is right with God in the vertical, it needs to also be right in the horizontal with each other, with the person next to us, with our brothers and sisters particularly. And so much so that Jesus places a priority upon reconciliation above worship. He says there, if you remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift at the altar. Go and sort that stuff out first because they're all related. God is very serious about our relationships. And so we need to deal with things quickly. We need to deal with them face to face. So don't try and resolve your conflict through technology. Don't use SMS. Don't email to try and work out these problems. Those mediums are great for simple messages. Those mediums are great for communicating simple information. But when it comes to the matters of the heart, they fail. They will only make it worse. And that's because when we communicate, some studies have found that it's only 7% of our communication that is related to the words we use. Only 7%. Words are important. But what is more important when it comes to communication is our vocal elements. They say up to 38% of communication happens through the way we pitch and tone our voice and the inflection we use. And then a whopping 55% is through the non-verbals, our facial expression, our gestures, our posture. All of that communicates meaning. And so if you, if you try to deal with matters of the heart by using electronic means, you're only going to get 7% of the meaning. And that means there's going to be a whole lot of confusion and a whole lot of things being unresolved. That's why face-to-face is important. Also, while we're talking about technology, don't try and deal with conflict on social media. That's only going to make it worse. It's like putting petrol on the fire. Because we as people, we have this tendency, I mean, I do, and I'll be, I'll be the people. Like you might say, I oh, don't know, you're just a freak. But people have this tendency to want others to be on our side, to be on our team. And so we like to draw others into our conflict rather than us dealing with it ourselves, we sort of go, well, I, I feel much safer if I'm in a posse. If I've got 
people with my back. I can be big and brave. Or I can be big and brave on social media. Or I can be big and brave on email. But in person, it's a different thing. When you've got to eyeball someone and talk about matters of the heart, it can be hard. Don't use social media. It's, it just creates gossip. Listen to what Proverbs 26 says. Without wood, a fire goes out. Without gossip, a quarrel dies down. As charcoal to embers, so wood to fire. So is a quarrelsome man for kindling strife. Words of gossip are like choice morsels. They go down into the man's innermost parts, like ice blocks at Ice Block Sunday. Mm. I'm not going to ask you. Sorry, I've distracted you now. Focus, focus. Bring you back. Deal with it face to face. Don't use technology. Don't use social media. Just spreads gossip. A few years ago, I had a, a malignant sclerocell carcinoma cut off my face. And uh, it, it needed to come off, otherwise it was going to kill me. And then, just to be sure, the, the doctor sent me away for radiotherapy for a, a month of what I call barbecuing my face with radio waves. It was all purple and blotchy and it didn't increase my good looks, let me put it that way. I, uh, that all went well and, and uh, I recovered and made a full recovery. And about 12 months later, I ran into someone from a previous church and they were surprised to see me. And I said, well, you look surprised. They said, oh, we heard you were dead. <laughs> I said, well, no one told me. Did I miss my own funeral or something? Like, come on. That's just gossip. Why didn't you give me a call? Oh, a bit awkward giving you a call if you're dead. Like, well, I wouldn't have called. I answered the phone. Maybe that confirms it. But They didn't bother to go to the source. Hey, when it comes to conflict, deal with it quickly. Deal with it face to face by going to the source. If your brother sins against you, you go to them. That's what it says in this next passage, Matthew 18, 15. So we, we deal with it quickly. We deal with it face to face. We deal with it one on one. This is simple stuff. Deal with it one on one. Matthew 18, 15 says, If your brother sins against you, go and show him his fault. Just between the two of you. Why don't you turn to the person next to you and say, Let's keep this between the two of us. Turn to the person next to you. Let's keep this between the two of us. Oh, there's a three-way going over here. Obviously can't follow directions. No, no, it's a bit awkward for Jason. He's sitting by himself. And he doesn't want to appear to have a conversation with himself and look weird. Talk to the person directly involved. Do it face to face. Do it one on one. Don't spread it around. You go to the person who's wronged you, just between the two of you. Tell them what happened. The onus is on the person offended. Now, I always found this difficult because I thought, well, no, they hurt me. They should be coming to talk to me. And Jesus is saying, no, if you've been hurt, go and talk to them. But they may not even know they've done anything. Nine out of ten times, it's a misunderstanding. You've got it all wrong. You, they've done something without thinking and, and, and you've taken it the wrong way and all of a sudden there's this barrier and this difficulty. Well, you can sort most of those interpersonal challenges out by just going to the person. You've got to go to the right person. Go to the person involved. And you've got to go one-on-one. -on -one. But you've also got to go in the right way. 
It says this in Ephesians 4.15, speak the truth in love. Now, quite often we're really good at speaking the truth, but the love stuff, not so much. You know, when you think about it, when your balloon's full and you're not happy, you're going to go and talk to someone, there's this temptation just to let it all out, you know, just this uncontrolled, well, see, that, that balloon knows, ah, you know what I mean. The balloon's supposed to behave and go... got to talk in the right way so you know when when I've I've talked to couples about you know pre doing pre-marriage counseling and that sort of thing and I always say to them go there and ask a question don't go and make a statement and certainly don't go you always or you never because the person's not really going to listen to you if they feel attacked and so you go and ask a question or you use I statements something like you know, I feel this way when you did this. Or you, you caused me to feel like this when you did that. Are you aware of that? Show them his fault. Go and show him, just between the two of you. If he listens to you, you've won a brother over. Listening is key. Listening leads to understanding. Listening needs, leads to reconciliation and an acknowledgement of wrong. Deal with it one-on-one. Talk to the right person in the right way. But you know what? You can always get help if you need it. We're talking here about our interpersonal relationships. We're not talking about situations where you've been abused or situations, horrible situations of, of perhaps domestic violence. You know, it's, it's, it's silly to expect a child to go and confront an adult. There's a power indifference there. So that, that, that child would have to get help for that. But this, the Bible's assuming in these couple of passages that we're peers together, that we're equals. But you certainly don't go by yourself one-on-one if you're, if you're physically in danger. I had a situation once where a, a guy assaulted me in the foyer of the church. He'd waited. He was a tricky guy. He was known to the police and a little bit on the spectrum. And uh, he'd waited till the, the, the service, first service of the church had started and I was just about to go in and he confronted me and started shoving me around because there was no one there to witness it. So he was started taking advantage of things. And I managed to get out of that situation. But you know what? When I confronted him, I didn't let it go. I took one of the policemen who's part of the church and a, a major who's in the army. Big guys. I felt very safe. But in that situation, I... I could have easily dealt with it personally, one-on-one, but this guy was a bit of a threat. There was, he'd already been physical with me and assaulted me, so I didn't want more of that. But I also didn't want him to get away with that either. In Christian love, I wanted to confront him and tell him how I felt when he pushed me around, how that made me feel. So I had some guys with me. Now, those aren't normal situations. But in our normal interpersonal relationships, we do this one-on-one. And the only other time we need help is if it escalates to the point where it's no longer salvageable on our own. We need people to help us do mediation and, and, and the like. Offences are inevitable. Conflict's going to happen. It's how we deal with it that's important. And it can be dealt with simply and early if we deal with it quickly. 
if we deal with it face to face, if we deal with it one-on-one. -on -one. And when we do, things go better for us. There's actually a blessing in dealing with conflict simply and simply dealing with conflict. It says this in Matthew 5, 9. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they should be called sons of God. Now, there's something special about the fact when we do conflict well, we're actually being a peacemaker. They're actually entering into God's family business. You see, God's the original peacemaker. He's the one who, who sent the Lord Jesus to come to earth to show us what God was like and to die on the cross to make peace between us and God, to die for our sins. And when we come to faith in Jesus, we carry the same DNA by the Holy Spirit as Jesus. And we actually, we're no, more, are we, we're no more like Jesus when we're reconciling. That's when we really shine. There's a blessing in it. They should be called the sons of God. I found this blessing firsthand. It was in a, I was co-leading a youth group with a guy when I was around 17. He was a little bit older and we were friends and he was a bit of a mentor for me. But something went wrong about three years into that, into that ministry time. And I'm not even sure what happened. He started doing some crazy things and uh, putting me down in front of the, 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 the youth group. He started, it felt like a competition a lot of the time. And, and others were coming and commenting to me and saying, what, what's he doing? What, why did he do that? Gee you, must, gee, you must feel bad about that. I didn't deal with it very well at all. I just kept it all inside oh no it's all right it'll be all right we'll get over it we'll get through it and it got worse in fact to the point where I started resenting this guy and to the point where I just I resigned from that ministry I just couldn't work with him anymore in fact I couldn't stand the side of him and to be honest I started to hate him we're still in the same church and this went on for five years I'd be nice to his face but I was stabbing him in the back all the time I, I just I just you know, you, I expect better from everyone here. I'm sure you guys would do better. But that was me. I was, I was at this point where I wanted to go on for God. And I talked to God a lot about this relationship. And God and I were, you know, we were right. But I just couldn't move on. I just, there's a blockage in my life. And I was praying one night, God, what is it? What's going on? Why can't I seem to progress? And God told me clearly. You need to go and be reconciled with your brother. These scriptures jumped off the page at me. I thought, that's going to be really hard, God. I don't think I want to do that. God's going, I'm just calling you to be obedient. You asked me the question. That's what I want you to do. One of the hardest things I've ever had to do in life was to call a meeting with this guy. We sat down in the back of the church. And we sat there and I, I just cut to the chase. I said, mate, I just want to confess to you that over the last five years, I've hated you. And I can't even tell you why anymore. But you know what? I know that's that, that was wrong and I've treated you badly and I just want here to ask for your forgiveness. That's all I'm asking. And what he just said, oh, I forgive you. It's okay. I know there's been a problem between us, but you know what? I forgive you in Jesus' name. You wouldn't believe the relief that that was. That he would actually forgive me. I was expecting him to be angry and to rub my face in it. But no. God had been ahead of me working in his heart too. 
And he released me into the freedom of his forgiveness. And you know what? There was a blessing in that because I started to grow. The blockage was gone and I started to grow in Jesus. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. This is between you and God. Now, I I just suspect that there's folks here this morning who have unreconciled relationships. You've been avoiding something. You've been avoiding someone and some situation. Don't leave it any longer. Do something about it this week. Make an appointment. Catch up with someone for a coffee. And be reconciled. I'm thinking there's probably others here too that have been hurt in relationships and and you've you've done with people you've put up walls of protection but you know those walls of protection are also a prison that keep you locked in and you're tired of doing life like that it's time for you to step out and take a risk and meet catch up with someone or maybe re-establish an old relationship if that's you this morning i want to pray for you i want to pray for you i want to pray that god will give you boldness and courage if that's you this morning, can you just stand? Every eye closed and every head bowed. If, if that's you this morning, can you just stand? I'd like to pray for you. Thank you. Just stand where you are. This is just between you and God. Okay, let me pray. Lord, thank you so much that through Jesus we can be reconciled to you. And Lord, you really, you really, really want your kids to be reconciled to each other. So Lord, I pray for those who have had the courage to stand this morning, that you would fill them with your power, love and grace, that you'd give them a confidence and a boldness and that you would go ahead of the next step, that you would go ahead of them as they make appointments to talk to people, as they seek to reconcile. Lord, I pray that you, the God of peace, would be ahead of them in that situation, that you would send your spirit ahead, Lord, so that there would be rejoicing at re-establishment of relationship. And Lord, I pray for those who have put up walls and defences to try and protect themselves. Lord, I pray that they would come out of the walls, that you'd knock the walls down. Lord, they're a false haven. They're they're not safe at all. Lord, they're keeping themselves from others. And we're missing out. So, Lord, I pray for freedom for the walls to be broken down today, Lord. That the hurts would be healed, Lord. And the spirit of offense would be lifted. That you, Holy Spirit, would bring life and freedom to those places, Lord, which have been locked away because of hurt because of conflict and so Lord I pray for a blessing over everybody here that truly when people look at us and the way we act they say there's a son of God because they're a peacemaker in Jesus name Amen if something is stirred for you and, and there's you'd like someone to pray with you directly the prayer team will be down here Just come forward in this last song. But don't go home without doing business with God. Don't go home the same way that you came here. 
And I pray that God would reconcile every one of your relationships in your relational circles.